Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Welcome, welcome all you beautiful I am divine badass beauties. Welcome back. Today in this episode, Kim and myself are going to be talking about trauma. So what is trauma from a physical perspective? What is trauma from an emotional perspective? And how trauma can play out at so many levels in your life. And Kim, I know for myself, and you're probably the same, when we started doing the spiritual practitioner program and the spiritual coaching program, I know for me, I thought, I don't have any trauma. I've done my work. (laughs) I'm not carrying this stuff because I know for me, I always looked at trauma as being this huge thing. It had to be that car wreck. It had to be that accident, Mm -hmm. this huge thing. And that those were the only things, the only trauma that could have an impact on my life. Mm -hmm. And when I started the program, I really, truly understood how much more underlying, if you will, little things were playing out in my life to such a huge capacity. Mm -hmm. Did you find something similar for yourself? Yeah, when it came to trauma, I was clueless. (laughs) I was completely clueless. I thought exactly like you, trauma had to be something that was this big, catastrophic thing. And I had no clue that there was something called emotional trauma. And emotional trauma is something that can be created within a heightened state of emotion that can last anywhere from five minutes to 24 hours. And during that time, we tell ourselves a lie or create a limiting belief. And then that limiting belief is imprinted and impressed upon our soul. And then that we hold on to, and then that gets out pictured into our lives. And so I didn't understand this whole process of emotional trauma trauma and how it affects us going into our lives. I'll give you an example of what kind of like blew my mind with my own emotional trauma was when I was little, my dad gave my sister and I a bike. And when he pulled up, we knew we were getting new bikes and he pulled up into the driveway and he pulled out a bike and he gave it to my sister and was like, here you go, presented this beautiful, I remember it was a 10 speed. It was so cool. It was so awesome. And he looked at me and he's like, oh, sorry, we don't, we didn't have enough money for you. So you don't get a bike. And in that moment, I remember my heart dropped and I created the beliefs of I'm not worthy of new things. There's never enough money and I'm not loved. And those beliefs played out through my life. 
And it wasn't until I started to do this trauma work, this inner work that I discovered that's what was happening to me. So I think it's super important for everyone to know that we all have emotional trauma and they kind of follow those I am statements that come up when we're frustrated or when we're overwhelmed, those I'm not good enough or I'm so stupid or I'll never have enough money. Like those kind of I am statements that come up. Do you have something similar, Paula? Yeah, definitely do. You know, just to kind of go back to what you were talking about a little bit. I think a lot of times our trauma, those things that really imprint that we think are little things, it really does come from that childhood time. Mm -hmm. So it can come through our parents, it can come through our communities and through our schools, our teachers, our mentors, and how much we will accept those as being truths. And that's Mm -hmm. why we call them commands. We've had some sort of emotional aspect about it. And we hold on to it into our subconscious mind. So I think for me, I was the middle girl Mm -hmm. and I had an older sister, younger sister, and I have a younger brother as well. So I always felt, I guess you can say the ugly duckling. You know, Mm -hmm. my older sister was blonde and tall and skinny and, you know, younger one was skinny and I always used to wear a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. So for me, it wasn't necessarily coming from an external standpoint. It was coming from myself when I looked in the mirror and I didn't equate myself to how they looked. And so for me, it was, you know, you're that ugly duckling, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're fat, you know, all these, I guess you can say self esteem issues, and it may have stemmed from something earlier that I don't necessarily remember. But that was some of the biggest limiting beliefs, because it came into my largest one, which is I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. So going back through into the past, and recognizing all the incidences that I created, knowing the creative process now, and how that trauma sits in our brain, how those limiting beliefs can begin to play out, I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. But then knowing what that command and limiting belief was, I could now, you know, the old saying, hindsight's twenty twenty. I could go back and see how much this was affecting my life when I didn't even realize it was there. I think I realized it was there a little bit, but not truly how it was impacting not just myself, but my finances, my business, you know, where I was going in my life, because that sense of unworthiness, I could never kind of climb and hit that peak of where I wanted to, because I would self-sabotage based on that belief. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating, isn't it? How you can see how literally what you believe about yourself or life or people in general literally gets outpictured in front of you. Like it is your reality. And it's not until you take that time to really go within and understand those beliefs that are within your soul. That's when you see it come forward. Yeah. And I think it's the knowledge behind it. As we said, trauma was the car wreck. Mm-hmm. With the understanding that trauma can be a little, little thing that you don't even think about that plays out. And and you were asking about an example, all of a sudden they brought me back to another one. And I think it was one of my biggest epiphanies being maybe six or seven years old and having a substitute teacher and I'm in and I'm drawing and I'm making this, this picture of a circus. And I'm so proud of this picture. And I take it up to the teacher and I give it to her with a smile. She looks at it. She frowns. She's she crumples it up in a ball and throws it in the garbage. And she said, that's awful. Go do it again. Mm. And I recognized that that was some of the biggest memories, you know, at that time that was basically pushing me. It made me accept that belief of not being worthy, not being good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, something that not knowing this work, not knowing what trauma was, I would have thought of it as just being a memory. 
It's just mm-hmm. something there. Mm-hmm. But now that I have an understanding what that is, I can see how that directly impacted my life. And it's almost like removing the blinders. You know, you got to get real. You got to mm-hmm. be honest. And I always tell people, if there's a memory from your past to that degree, when you're really, really young, chances are there's some sort of trauma associated with it, even mm-hmm. if we don't recognize it as being so. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of highlight the emotional trauma because there is that feeling, that emotion that is behind it, that is fueling that belief, right? And that's what we do in and with Paul and I, we both do that in our coaching programs is we work to release that emotion because the emotion is what's hijacking you. The emotion is what is creating that in your reality. Because what I know for me, like I still have beliefs that come forward that I've done work on, but when they come forward, it's kind of like, "Mm, yeah, nice try, but no, there's no emotion there. Like I can hear it come forward, but it doesn't make me cry. It doesn't make me angry. I can stay calm and react in a way that I want to react. There's just no, I'm not hijacked. For me, I think those beliefs are always going to come up. But I think if you have done your inner work, you're able to see those beliefs as a lie. And then they don't have that control over you. Yeah, I agree. I think in some cases, we might be able to clear some of it out. But I totally agree with all of a sudden, it's front and center, and I see it for what it is. Yes. When I understand where it's coming from, I can choose to act in a different fashion. I can go back to my spiritual practices. I can go back to my grounding. I can go back to whatever that is to remind myself who I am, which is the divine being mm-hmm. of what I am. The and divine Kim, badass. Yeah. <laughs> Kim, you brought up a, a great point when we were coming back into those feelings. Mm-hmm. And if we think about, we talked about in an earlier podcast about the creative process, knowing that we create from our feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. So we can, in our mind, that logical mind, have all those beautiful affirmations till the cows come home. But if the feeling within our physical frames, within our spirit is saying, I'm not good enough, that is truly where we are creating from. Mm -hmm. And that is why it's so important for us to do the work, to really look at the trauma, to get rid of it, to clear it out. And that is how we then begin to start creating from more of those positive aspects in the understanding of who we really are without the baggage, the limiting beliefs that is playing out because as we said we're creating 24 7 Mm -hmm. and that's hard for people to understand exactly we think we're sleeping we're in a state of you know being unconscious but the mind is never unconscious and Mm -hmm. we continue to play with that so as we said we can keep all those beautiful i call them rainbows and unicorns in our thoughts but if the deeper level of the emotion is there it's there mm-hmm. and i'm just going to get into explaining that a little bit because emotional traumas they really persist within the subconscious mind through that programming those are those limiting beliefs those are the commands and what it actually does is imprints on the brain and those are called engram Mm-hmm. It goes into those neural pathways and creates a memory with it. And if you think about it, and there's been studies done with this, when we talk about feeling, the body doesn't know whether it happened 20 years ago or 20 seconds ago. So if that feeling and emotion is there, even if it's from 20 years ago, I'm still going to feel that. You know, an example of that, well, I can use a personal example, a house fire. And for the longest time after that, if I had a scent of kind of like an electrical burning smell, I would feel my body, that parasympathetic body would go into panic mode. 
from the scent because my mind remembers what happened. I wasn't thinking about it, but my body responded right away because it was actually imprinted on my mind because there was so much fear at that time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how we'll do that. I think that's why a lot of people may have the sense of panic attacks and things, whether they know where it's coming from. It might have been something from this lifetime, but mm-hmm. we can carry these traumas through multiple lifetimes as well. When you think about that process of reincarnation, so this stuff can be imprinted because they say the subconscious holds all the memories of the soul. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. when we're having those experiences of panic attacks and anxiety, it's coming from something we don't logically understand, but that trauma has been imprinted in our mind and could have been brought forward from a past life. Yeah, which is fascinating. I know for me, I have a belief that I'm a piece of shit. That was that was my belief and it. Like it was playing out in this lifetime and I couldn't understand it because I was constantly being like, I was treated like I was not, I wasn't good. Like I, I was treated really crappy and I couldn't understand why, because I'm a freaking nice person. <laughs> like I'm a really good person, you know, but it wasn't until I went through a session and went into a past life and saw where that belief was created. And I was told that in a past life while I was being beaten. And so realizing when that belief comes forward, that there's no emotion behind it now. So sometimes if someone's just, (laughs) I was part of my language, but like if someone's being a dick to me, maybe they're just a dick because I'm like in my heart, I know that, you know what, I'm not creating this because I know in my heart, I'm not a piece of shit. And I'm going to live from that vibration and put that forward, you know, so I can see the difference now where before I just couldn't understand why people were being so mean. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? You bring up good point too, because I think that's what happens is someone may be triggered. If we come back to relative truth, a trauma is relative to the individual. Yes. And if I'm say with a friend or a family member and they keep getting triggered by something, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we go in ourselves and we want to fix it or we get angry about it. Why are they always like this? Mm -hmm. And it's really important that we step back remembering that relative truth means these are things that they're creating for themselves for their own learning. And our job isn't to fix it. You know, those of us that are empaths, that are light warriors, I think a lot of time we're almost programmed to go, I want to go and help. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to see the trauma for what it is. And we can send them the love, we can keep them in our prayers, but we cannot shift or change what their experience is. All we can do is look at ourselves and going, why am I being triggered about this? Mm-hmm. That means there's something in me, there's some trauma sitting there that I need to work with. Mm-hmm. That's why that is being reflected from the external standpoint. That's tough work. And I don't think we always see it. We just want to react. Yeah. But that's where your power is. When yes, you yes. are able to just stand back and look at a situation for what it is and not get triggered, there is so much power in that. That's mastering this lifetime. It really is. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some examples of commands. And I think one of the reasons I want to do that is so that people can maybe take a look and understand where some of their commands or limiting beliefs might be sitting and how they're playing out. Yeah. I wanted to talk about when these commands come up before we go into what the commands are is really being aware of when these commands come up because I teach my clients, it is what comes up when it comes up under your breath, when something's not going right, when something is frustrating you, when somebody's annoying you, that's when these commands come forward. And if you're able to pay attention to these commands, 
maybe be aware of them. I think that that's one of the first steps of understanding them is being aware of them. So when it comes to commands, there could be commands about yourself. So I will never trust again, or I can't do this, or I'm not good enough. I don't matter. I'll always be alone or something's wrong with me. These are some of the commands that can come forward when you're upset or overwhelmed or triggered by somebody. Yeah. And you know what? You bring up such a great point. I am a left brain as much as I do the spiritual work. I have (laughs) that logical mind too. And so what I personally do with myself now is go, okay, if I'm feel myself going into an emotional response about something, especially if I view it as being a negative type of emotion. I always say, feel it, experience it, let it go. So the human aspect has to go through whatever that is. But on a deeper level, I can go, okay, I know that I'm experiencing this emotion because there's a limiting belief. There's something within myself that is showing me this. Again, creative process. I unconsciously or subconsciously am putting this belief out. The universe simply says, here, let me give you more. So for Mm -hmm. me, that sense of I'm not good enough, that for me really played out in relationships. I was continually getting into relationships where I was being abused physically, emotionally, lying, cheating, everything else. And I kept going, what's wrong with me? I'm a good person. right? (laughs) And I couldn't understand why I kept repleting these types of relationships and even in friendships in some cases. So now that I have a better understanding of where that trauma is coming from, you know, the other part of me is saying, you know what? No, I'm healing this. I'm choosing to do something with it. And I think when we do the work, when we begin to heal it, when we begin to neutralize the emotional impact that it's actually sitting in our brains, we cease to create it in the capacity of what we did. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Kim, we begin to become aware of it so we can see it, we can act differently. But the other thing of what I saw is I wasn't bringing that into my life on a continual basis because I was ready to look at it, look at all those times where that was playing out and begin to neutralize the emotional attachment to it. And as I did that work, one, I started feeling better, but I wasn't bringing it in so much. And, And I think that's so important for us to understand that if you're willing to go into those kind of dark places in yourself, into that feeling side, because I think at some levels we're taught we're not supposed to feel, you're supposed to bury it. But when we can pull those skeletons out of the closet and really get into the emotion, because we have to feel it, you got to go back through that situation. Mm -hmm. And we keep doing it until, you know what, I can tell this as though it's a story. It Mm -hmm. no longer has the emotional feeling behind it. And that begins to pull it out of that subconscious mind. But, you know, those are some examples where those commands were continually playing out and I didn't even know it. I think that that's part of maybe... I don't want to say fear, but maybe that's what holds people back from doing their trauma work is because it is about going into that emotion and it can be raw. It can be, it can be scary, you know, and it can bring up things that you've been suppressing for such a long time. But I think we can both attest to this, that when you do this work, there is such a lightness that comes over you. It just feels so good. And it's almost like if you could compare the weight of holding on to this emotion compared to going in, 
having a good cry. It's almost like facing your fears or your worst nightmare or whatever it is, but it's like you're standing up for yourself. You're saying, I'm worthy of this. I am worth letting go of this. And you're able to do this work. And then you feel so light. You feel so empowered. You feel so loved. The comparison, even as I say it, you can feel the lightness of the words of when you've done your work compared to the heaviness of the words of that emotion that you're holding on to. And I think that when people can finally say to themselves, I've had enough, I'm ready to do this. That's when they can reclaim their power. They can reclaim that birthright of their divinity of I am fucking amazing. I am a divine badass. I am capable of everything. That is the whole purpose of doing your trauma work. Yeah. It's a big part of what we're working to create here too, because we've seen it change our lives. Kim, you said it so beautifully too. I didn't have to think about the process. When Mm -hmm. I went through it, you know what? I was bawling like a baby. I was allowing all those emotions to come out. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, literally felt like someone came in and flipped a switch inside of myself. I didn't have to think about it. I just started feeling better. You know, it took me a couple of days in that emotion as it continued to be released. Mm -hmm. But it's like, all of a sudden, I just felt, as you said, lighter. Yeah. It wasn't something I had to think about. There was nothing I had to say or do. It was just, you know what? I did this work within my physical frame and I'm acknowledging the true essence of who I am. And I mean, this is why we're talking about that I am divine. Mm-hmm. because that is what we're doing is by going through and removing all the crap that's been put there throughout the multiple years, through our upbringing and those that have played a part in that, we truly come back to being and understanding that divine being of who we are. And that is so powerful. I agree a thousand percent. It is powerful and it is, it's worth it. it you are worth it. You are worth the work. And when we talk about, again, that inner work, you know what? Nothing in life. Well, maybe that's even a command there. Nothing in life is easy. <laughs> is that and so it is. And so it is. There's a command right there. But that is it. It's like to be able to do something for you. You know, I think the most common limiting belief is I'm not good enough. And by taking the time to do your inner work, by taking the time to make yourself a priority, by taking the time to check in with your own emotions, you know, throughout the day and what you're feeling, you are declaring to the universe that you are good enough, that you matter, that you love yourself. And I think that these are really important things to put out there. Yeah. And this is why for me and Kim, this is why I think I know for myself, Kim, why coaching became such an important thing for me. I always saw it as something I wanted to do for clients, but when I was in the program doing the work myself, I saw what it was doing in my life. I saw then how I looked at life, how much happier I was because I was able to go in and begin to pull out the shit. And it doesn't mean that, oh, now I've pulled everything else and there's nothing else there because it's like layers of an onion, you know, we begin to Mm -hmm. remove them. But every victory as we push through that trauma brings us back further and further into the love of self, into that peaceful state. And I think, I know for me, that's why I'm so passionate about the coaching now, because I can look at someone and I can see with their limiting beliefs and I can see Mm -hmm. where doing the work within themselves could literally change their lives. Yeah. And that just drives me now. Yeah, And it's funny because like you said, I had a guide come in. I had a new guide slip in 
was probably close to eight, nine years ago. And he told me that I was going to be doing healing. And I was like, to me, healing was like Reiki and things like that. And I was like, no, 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 nice try, but I'm a medium and that's all I'll ever be. And the more we started to do the trauma work, like it got to, it got to a point, honestly, where I was like, I don't want to continue feeling like this because I knew I wanted more. I knew there had to be more to life. I was finally said to that guide, I was like, you fucking win. You win. I'm like, you know what? I want to do trauma work. I want to do my own healing. I want to heal. I want to be happy. I said, if you want me to do this coaching thing, because he was talking about coaching, I'm like, guide me to somewhere where I can learn this coaching thing. And I said, I want community. I want like-minded people. And literally within a couple of days, my friend asked me to do this new modality that she was using for healing. And I did it. And as I was doing it, I knew right then that that was going to help heal myself. That is what I wanted to learn how to do. And, and it had community. And from that, learning how our soul actually works. I am so passionate about helping others feel as good as I feel because I know how crappy I felt and how when you are able to stand in your divinity and release those limiting beliefs that that crap that is keeping you small and holding you back, when you are able to just step into that truth, whew, Life is so different and, and empowering. And I feel like I'm in control of my life. And that's what I want to share with my clients. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up an excellent point too. When you talked about viewing healing as being separate than being a psychic medium, I used to think the yeah. same thing, but yeah. now I recognize that everything that I do has an impact on my clients. Absolutely. For me, again, I love doing the readings as well, but I wanted to move into a place where I can more tangibly, truly give someone tools to help them through whatever their circumstance is, not just give them information from a, a guide or a loved one's perspective, but really give them the tools where they can really step up because it does. It, it takes a lot of courage to step up and do what you need to do for you, literally yeah. for you. And to trust yourself, to be able to connect with your own intuition to that own divine wisdom by yourself. So you don't have to pay for a reading. You don't have to constantly look outside of yourself. You know, so that you can ask the questions, receive those answers, that wisdom, and then have the courage, the truth, the knowing that you can take those inspired steps and achieve what you want to achieve. That's what this is all about. And I think that's why that's our soul's purpose. And that's why we're so passionate about it. Yeah. And it's truly the direction that we've both been called in yeah. with this ascension with the growth of people waking up because it yes. isn't just about providing a message anymore. It's about providing individuals the tools to be able to do the work within themselves. And I know Kim, for myself, this was a big part of behind the I am divine. And what we're creating here is to really, truly help others step mm -hmm. into their own power. And as you said, understand who they really are doing the work we need to do, because that is the, I don't, again, I don't want to put the limiting belief on being, this is the hardest work you're ever going to have to do. It doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. but it is the most gratifying work that you yes. can ever do for yourself. Thousand percent. Mm -hmm. So love talking about this. I know me and Kim could go on <laughs> and on and on because yes, it truly has become such a passion and we continue to do our own trauma work when it comes forward too. Mm -hmm. I love it. This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us during our conversation on trauma. Oh my God. Like you said, we could talk about this for hours. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I am divine. And as always, thank you for listening.
If you enjoy our show, please rate our podcast and be sure to come back next week. So until then, this is Paula and Kim. And don't forget that you are a powerful, I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.